and welcome to the latest edition of RZ Weekly, a podcast about modern orthodoxy, religious Zionism, and the Jewish world. Uh, my name is Ruben Spolter. I'm here with Rabbi Mali Bravsky, and Rabbi Johnny Solomon is still on assignment somewhere in the world. We hear he'll be back next week. On assignment. So he tells it sounds like we sent him off on assignment. We, we, I, said to, I actually did send him on assignment. I am the director of an organization called OTS Amiel Bakihila that sends incredible rabbis on assignment around the world to do shlichuyot, to do uh, visits. I should talk about that one day um, in small and Jewish communities around the world. And Rabbi Johnny is just finishing up a eight-day visit to four communities in the United Kingdom. Maybe he'll talk about it next week. So he is actually on assignment. That's not even a joke. Rabbinit, but I also am the rabbinic liaison for English-speaking countries in Irgun Rabbinate Sohar. Maybe I should speak about that once too. Mali Babsky is a senior faculty member at Michlelet Maseret Yerushalayim and maintains a clinical social work practice in Gush Etzion. And I think she speaks about that pretty much every week, no matter what we talk about. Okay, but you're happy. You're, feel free to mention that uh, if you'd like, Mali, as well. Um, we have two topics this week. The first topic is an article written by a woman named uh, Racheli Malik Buddha, Buddha. I don't know how you say it in English, that was that made the rounds in the religious Zionist circles because uh, it was they, they had the smarts to translate it into English. I don't know what they decided to translate or not, but it made the rounds on the Facebook and all of those things. And it's definitely worthwhile to, to discuss. And then we're also going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the, the responses to the article. And then uh, the, the response, there was an article, there was a letter in the McCorby Shon which is the, I would say, the religious Zionist um, newspaper of record in Israel, responding to Racheli's article, I think which is, brings up uh, an, an ancillary uh, connected topic that we'll discuss as well. All right, Molly, you ready? I am ready. I'm just having a little bit of a family issue. What? Okay, so I will begin while Molly addresses her family <laughs> issue and, desc- and describe the article called Will My Children Remain Religious? <laughs> so, Children will remain will- religious if you pay attention to them and send them WhatsApps that they need for their bat mitzvahs. <laughs> okay. So, Molly is trying to do seven <laughs> things at one time. So I will describe the article Will My Children Remain Religious while she, I don't know, whatever she's doing. Okay, so Racheli Malik uh, Buddha sent, wrote an article about how she was raised in a relatively pretty religious uh, family and upbringing. She used to learn all the time. And over time, things had slipped. She sort of took her religiosity for granted. And over time, things slipped. And when she raised her family, it, it, she raised it. In the Israel, they would call it, I would guess, in a, a religious light. Lighting, light. they call them. Which means dati light. Dati light. I mean, I think uh, listeners to this podcast know pretty much what we're talking about. But she said really interesting things about Learning, there isn't much learning that go that goes on. She heard, she heard like a singing in a house that we were, were really doing beautiful zmiros. Or I don't know why they wrote it in Ashkenazis. It's interesting, Molly. Did you notice that the person translated it, translated it into Ashkenazis? Zmiros. It's like Shabbos. Zmiros. In Hebrew, they write Shabbos. Yeah, Shabbos. In Hebrew, Shin Ayin Bet Samach or Dus. Shabbos, right? It's Shabbat because she didn't write that anyway. But she's like, who sings Shabbat? Who who sings, sings Zmiros? She wrote it. They're not really a part of the Shabbos table anymore. And then when her son, she wanted to take her son to school, shul. And she says, well, my sons refused to go to shul, and I found them begging to go with forced moderation. It hit me at full force. And I quote, I failed at educating my children. All these years, I told myself one could raise children on a cultural religiosity. Said she, and she admits it herself, that if we just send them to a co-ed school and don't pressure them on Jewish issues, we could turn them into the perfect progressive religious Jews. And then she ends, I wonder if my kids will remain religious. 
I used to think it wouldn't bother me, but as years go by, the thought, the thought is starting to hurt. Molly, I gave you your introduction. I hope you're done taking care of your family. Respond. Okay, well, the truth is, I'm, there's so many pieces to this. First of all, I, I think that, that it's very interesting to me how much this hit a nerve, right? As you said, it was translated into English. I saw it in Hebrew, and I was like, it, wow. And the truth is, it was actually interesting. My husband was reading the Makarik show, and he all of a sudden, he's like sitting reading, and he looks up from the, his, you know, the couch, and he goes to each of my kids, do you guys know Alamiche by heart? And <laughs> I actually did, thank goodness. But like, <laughs> why am I telling that story? Because clearly, like, every parent reads this. Well, no, explain, by the way, I didn't say that. Do you explain oh, why he asked that? Because she says, all of a sudden, it hurt her, it hit her that her kids don't know Alamiche by heart. Like, maybe it was in the context of where she's talking about how the kids, there's like a, when they were going into high school, that, that like, some of the high schools have this general Judaism knowledge question. And right, realize correct. There are things yeah. your kids don't know. Um, but what I'm saying is, it, so, so, that, so then I read this article and I was like, this, this strikes a nerve somewhere deep in every parent. And then I translated it into English and it's being shared everywhere on Facebook. And what's interesting is that when, the, as you said, the article is framed from this, like, I'm Dati Light and I wanted to give my kids progressive, you know, whatever word she uses there, liberal, I mean, some word she uses there. I forgot what it is. You, 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 phrased, you phrased it like, whatever she said. Um, but cultural it, religiosity. Culture, yeah, something. But she uses words that are beyond that, you know, like like it's as if she's saying that it was very perfect, progressive, religious. There you Jews. go. What right? Else perfect, right. Perfect. Perfect. Right. perfect it, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Even I don't even know what right. that means. But That's okay, what I'm right. saying. So like you could think that this that, that that this would only resonate with people who are like in that subset of, um, you know, religious slash orthodox slash observant Jews. But it seems to have hit a nerve with everybody. Right. This article it goes beyond just that type of an issue. And it goes it, it seems to be a much deeper question. Yes. The question is, are, is it hitting a nerve with everybody? And is everybody sharing because some people are sharing because, oh, no. And, and other people are sharing because, ha ha. <laughs> Meaning like, everybody wants to everybody wants to share. But some people are like, how could she say this? And other people are saying, of course, she said that. What do yeah, you but I, mean, I, that's well, what, listen, like, I, I think you, that's like the perfect share article. It seems to me it could be uh, my impression originally was people were sharing in the sense of, I don't know. If, oh, no. But like, oh, my. Right. And I, there were probably one or two, you know, like, you know, ha-has as in like, this is what I have to say. And, you know, this is how, you know, to do it right. But I don't know. I think it really struck a nerve. I think it really resonated with people. And that's what's interesting to me. Uh, in what way do you think it struck a nerve? So that's what I'm wondering about, right? Is it that people are sharing the same fears? Listen, I think that this issue is is so much larger than what you talked about. Um, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. That we actually um, have a very good friend. Wait, let, let's let's. I want to yeah. unpack it a little bit. That's I wanna, right. I wanna, that's I'll what I want to say. I'll ask you a little bit more pointed questions. Okay. So, do you think that Racheli Malik, whoever it is, not her, but her her archetype, are, archetype. are honestly trying to educate to perfect to raise perfect progressive religious Jews? Or it's more like, I want to be religious in a sense, but, you know, I also like my culture and I don't want to take it too seriously. I, okay. I don't mean that in a, not in a nasty way, but in a, right. in so a that's, sense nasty. Right. That's Meaning, why I'm is saying. It, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it intentional or it's. Okay. 
take from each world and whatever comes out comes out. Right. So that's why I feel a little bit hesitant talking about this issue because I think it's so big. Meaning, I think that you just described two different models and probably different households fall into those different models. I I do know of households where they really are. There is a heavy emphasis on um, certain cultural values that sometimes, um, let's say, undermine is a strong word, but let's say... Contradict. Yeah, or you contradict. Make it more difficult to transmit passionate commitment, unquestioning passionate commitment, let's say. Then there are houses where it's just people are just, you know, as you said, they're they're less themselves intense. Or I think there are so many other factors. Wait, that, I would agree with you. Wait, I want to add something. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think we all know families like this and like that. Yeah, but I'm saying that's I would say it's. Point. I would I say the I ratio is 5% to 95%. Okay, yeah, but what I'm saying is I think there are more parents. I think there are parents with really good intentions who pour their heart and their soul into their children and that they're worried too. And I think that's because of all kinds of other issues that are that, 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 that like kind of hit parents completely out of sideways, right? Like you have issues of American Olim who, um, you know, like the, the Israeli culture kind of threw them off and they feel like they can't connect to their children because of that. You have issues of like, again, back still the, the world that I know of Israeli Olim, uh, American Olim to Israel, where like... Um, um, the Havai, the, the spiritual experience in Israel is so different than the spiritual experience in America that it doesn't transfer and they're raising little Israelis and they realize that that raising Israelis also has an impact on religiosity and spirituality and, and like their their parenting approach is, a, is an American um, or chutzlar approach and their kids are not that. You've got that. You've also got the Israel, like there's there's such a cultural revolution going on. It, it, Molly, I also want you to connect. I don't want people to think like I have, a, I have this is like Parshat Shlach in Israel. So I don't want people to think, oh, okay. I'm not going to bring it to their children. Right, you no, so, right okay, into so America me, also. So let me finish. Right. That. So let me finish. Like right. Parents so, who send their kids to secular correct. college and the right. kids are. So wait, wait. So let me say two more two more things. <laughs> You've got, again, the, the, the which again I think is very positive, but like which I mentioned on the past podcast before, I think there's a cultural revolution, a healthy, positive cultural revolution going on in Israel, certainly in the Dati Lumi world. Where, where, where it's just, we're not, we're, there's like a sense of God's presence. There's a sense of Ula. There's a sense of um, connection to the land and to the people um, that creates a very present spirituality in these kids' lives. And that affects their, their relationship with halacha. And then you've got what's going on in America, which is a whole different world, um, where, where, where I think it's an opposite. I, I, I've been starting to think, and again, obviously when you say things in generalities, they're too broad, but, but I think Israel has an overabundance of meaning, which makes it hard for kids to connect to details of halacha. American, American kids, I think there's a thirst for meaning, and therefore there's like an apathy, as opposed to here where it's like, why do I need the rules? Because I see God every second, and there it's like, I don't care. I mean, again, I don't want to chas shalom, but like, if there's any tofa, I feel no, like, no, talk as talk from your experience. My experience with, your with my with students. Yes. So my experience with my students. Let's talk from that. Yes, I will. I will quote them so that it's not me. It's them. They will say things. Correct. I went Correct. years in high school and didn't hear the word God or spirituality once. They they say things like, um, you know, I, I never felt a, a, anything um, spiritual until I came to Israel for the year. There, the, meaning. For whatever reason, and again, that's clearly, they're 18 and they're saying things in an extreme way. But I think the challenge in America is 
um, is again a challenge of creating meaning. The challenge in Israel is is a is a different challenge. But what I'm saying, plus I want to add one more challenge, and then I'll I'll stop. Where the no, I don't need to stop. I want to come back to the article. I just want to okay. focus you. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay, but I, I just want to explain why I think this hit a nerve and why it's very big and why therefore it's not easy to like play to kind of point fingers and 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 create problems. I, I, okay, I, I forget, we forget what I want to say. Let me just say this last point, which is. Throw postmodernism into the equation. Uh, we're living in a postmodern world, which means that authority doesn't have the same force that it did in the past. Um, it means that um, because a rabbi said so doesn't have the same authority. It means that there's a lot of relativism. Authenticity, authenticity doesn't have meaning. Right. There is no. There's, a, there's no such thing as identification. Doesn't also right. right. There's so many things that postmodernism does to um, the way we traditionally think about the the the, the religious and slash spiritual slash halachic experience. Um, and again, I, I think I think it comes down to postmodernism undermines meaning um, in America. And perhaps in Israel, I'd say postmodernism undermines like um, black and white answers and authority in Israel. I think though that might be the like way postmodernism like flows into this question. So therefore, I'll end by saying that when I relate to this article, I, I want to avoid simplistic, ah, it's because she didn't do this, she didn't do that, she didn't. You could do that, but that's not helpful to people. I think what might be more helpful is to think about, um, are there things that we can do? Instead of saying it's your fault because you didn't do this and it's your fault because you didn't do that and it's the third's fault. It's so complex. There are so many forces coming at people right now. No, I, I yeah, Instead that's of true. Saying, that's fine. It's so right? complex. But there are certain, I, I didn't there are do X and things. have to beat myself up, but who knows if that's why? Maybe it has nothing to do with it. Maybe it has to do with your, you know, your kid's high school experience. Maybe it has to do with the, the fact that your kid was struggling... Who knows? Let's not point fingers at ourselves, but maybe what we can do is think, where can I strengthen things? What what would be helpful, right, to create an environment if it's a goal for me to create kids that are religiously committed, halakhically committed? Are there things that that there that may not be guarantees, but that can um, strengthen that? That's, a, I think, a more helpful approach. So I would like to respond to that. And begin by saying, like referring to a couple of things that, in my opinion, she referred to in the article, meaning she spoke about the idea that she ref that she didn't want to force her anything on her children, meaning she, you know, if we just send them to school, don't pressure them on Jewish issues. That's how you turn them into perfect progressive religious Jews. And it's it just about like the, she speaks about the idea of forcing children to do things as if there's like this overarching like parental pressure and the idea that they're just going to a receive it by osmosis hopefully and then uh, whatever they get they get and you, you don't have to coerce your children to do things and this also reminds me of like the issue of should i force that like, you know this comes up a lot for parents do i force my children to go to shul do i force my son to go to minion do i force you know what i'm saying do i coerce them to do things so I I will say I will say this, and uh, this is only from my personal perspective, my personal belief. First of all, you can't force children to do things you don't do yourself, right? If you don't go to Minion, you absolutely cannot force your children to go to Minion because then it's just hollow, it's just meaningless, you know. That what you're going to if you don't bench after you eat, then what's the point of forcing your children to bench? What's the point of what's the point of reminding them they're going to see you not do it? And of course, it's not important. Now, now that being said, we all have our own, you know. How should we say? We have our own shortcomings and we want our children to be better than us, et cetera, et cetera. Nonetheless, assuming you go to Minion, assuming you go to Shul, I, I firmly believe that we should not only encourage, but insist that our 
children engage in religious practices and engage in behaviors, sort of habituate certain behaviors that become a part of them. There are a lot of things in, in, in life that unless you, unless you inculcate them into yourself, unless they become part of yourself, Right? There's a there's a huge, you know, speed bumps that you have to get over in order to understand and appreciate and have the meaning in it. And davening in a minion is one of those things. Davening a minion is not meaningful each and every day. I'll say that as a person who's davening a minion his whole life. But it is meaningful in the framework of having minion to daven in. I say to my children all the time, you know, it might not be the most enjoyable thing, but when you're gonna need God, if you don't go to Minyan, you're not going to know how to find him. And I think Rachel Malik, she, she writes that. She, you know, you can atrophy. It's a muscle that you have to have to use in order to know how to have it. And if you don't give your children the gift of coercion, they'll okay. never have that. Right. So the I, same thing, the same thing is true, I, I would say, about benching. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it, like nobody likes to learn Gemara anymore because we don't want to force our children to sit and crack their head over the Aramaic. And, uh, and then we're not surprised at all when they don't enjoy it. Because, of course, we don't enjoy it because who knows the foreign language and the logic and this. But when, when for many, many young people, when you force them to sit and crack their head and they start to appreciate the beauty that's inside of it, then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, I never knew that this was there. Why? Because someone forced them to do it. Okay, so you know, I, I always find it so fascinating. Did you ever like think, well, I don't really want to force my child to learn, you know, fractions. Because it's really hard on them, and they're really not going to, you know, like, they don't like enjoying doing fractions. Nobody, nobody thinks about that. But when it comes to, like, religiosity and religious habituation, you know, they, they all, all of a sudden, like, well, I don't know. I don't want to force them. I don't want to. No, if you do it, and you believe in it, and you appreciate it, of course you want to force them. Because, of course, you want okay. them to have that same appreciation. So, I, I'd say I... You want to respond? Because yes. I have a whole word from Rav Cook, but okay. Oh, yeah. you want to say your word first, and then I'll respond? No, go ahead. I'll say it later. Okay. Yeah, or maybe I want. We'll um, all right. Uh, if you want the word from Rev Cook, send me an email and I'll send you a, sh a sheet. Okay. Oh, by the way, we have some mailback things, but maybe we'll just do them now. Really? Okay. Um, King. Okay. I, don't, I can't get them right now, so whatever. Um, maybe I want, next time send them to me. That's, that's <laughs> mailback <laughs> next week. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I do want to, I agree with you fundamentally. I just want to frame it slightly differently, or, or I personally relate to it slightly differently, because you're using the word force our kids, um, and that has a very author authoritarian cast. And I, I, I look at it through a different lens. I say, I say the following. Wait, wait, one second. Authoritative. You, I, I have to interrupt. Right, okay. That so, has a very authoritative. What no, is wrong? I, I didn't say authoritarian. I didn't say that. I didn't say it's a very authoritative cast. I said it has a very authoritarian cast. Right. So if you. What's the difference? Wait, wait, wait. Difference. Oh, okay. Intelligent. The, OK, so you have, let's say, a spectrum of, of approaches. Permissive. Right. That's like permissive. Do whatever you want. Authoritarian. Because I say so, as long as you live under my house, you know, roof, you follow my rules. And then you have. I once gave a speech. I once gave a sermon in show called Do It Because I Say So. OK. I did that. <laughs> then you have in the middle. Email me. I'll send it to you. Something called authoritative. <laughs> As opposed to authoritarian, authoritative uh, is um, there is a hierarchy in this family, right? In uh, in um, in family systems, um, the, 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 there's a there's a lot of study about this. Um, I believe it was Mnuchin who was the father of, of this idea that like a family is not a you know a democracy. A family is a hierarchy, um, and and it's healthy when everybody knows where their role is. And authoritative means that you, as the parent, take responsibility, right? You are the final word. You you have what to say. You're in charge. But it but you can be an authoritative parent while while also being 
um, not an authoritarian parent, right? You could, every once in a while, you might have to say, because I said so, but that's enough to be your typical way of, of disciplining. Um, so, and this is why I think this is important, because I do believe that when it comes to um, religious practice or, or religious connection of a of very, well, I don't have a statistic on this. I'd actually be interested. And the truth is that I, I know that in the book, Off the Derek, Off the Derek, um, Faranak Margulies wrote the book. She might have literature on this and statistics. She, she talks about most people who, who, who leave religion don't leave. I think everybody knows this at this point. Don't leave because of intellectual reasons. There are some who do. There are still some who do. But the majority are leaving because of what, what, what I would call affective, A-F-F-E-C-T-I-V, emotional reasons having to do with relationships right. um, because they felt rejected at some point in their lives, because, because they're angry at, 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 at some system that didn't work for them. Because they associated with Tabor Rabbi, because they associated right, with exactly, the who's, who's exactly. So the point, and I would so sense. wait, wait, wait. Sense. right? Because so they saying, don't see it as a religious structure; they see it as more as a social structure, right? Oh, for whatever reason, right? But structure. I think the opposite is true, also, which is that religion is passed down in a positive way through positive affect, right? Meaning, uh, I was just at my daughter's Erev Shirashim in seventh grade, and the father, one of the fathers was talking. Uh, he read some Israeli poem, which we don't know, but all the Israelis know from some, you know, kibbutznik uh, poet who wrote how her whole life she was like, you know, the news pioneer and she was throwing everything, everything's going to be new and she's going to throw away her past. And now that she's older, the nigunim of Shalbet Saba, Shalbet Abba, Parchot Balev, you know, Vitzomchot Balev, right? Meaning it's not, a, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, rec- to recognize that like religion is passed down through emotion, fundamentally. And if you have positive um, feelings about um, religious practice, about religious um, ritual, about about the, the emotion, the tone of the home, right? What feels like in your house, that's going to connect you. You're going to connect to those things in a much more positive way. Um, so therefore, I, I, I would say that like, I got it. Let me just say one more thing. Wait, so I would say. So what I would say is. You're speaking about Tarati Mecha. No, 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 no. I liked what you said before we spoke. We didn't really discuss this before. I don't know. We can tell through this conversation. The pre-podcast podcast. Pre-podcast. We did not really happen at all. But you did mention. I never knew what this phrase was. I've seen it now, but I've never heard it before. I've never understood it before. The Overton window, which is this idea that like. Wait, I mentioned something you never heard of Yeah, before? and I've seen the <laughs> phrase that I didn't know. I was like, what's the Overton oh, yeah. window? So I was like very happy to find out what the Overton window is, which is apparently like the range of acceptable ideas, right? The baseline. And I think that like that's to me the approach that you, you use here. It's like in our home, we David and we bench. Like that's just a given, which doesn't mean like let's say your kid is extremely tired. I, I think you're conflating the Overton window is not what was not that. Okay, fine. You're so forget the Overton window. That, and I, just, I would also you know, say, fine. I would also say. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait let me just finish my point. That in our house, we bench is authoritarian. Authoritarian. No, because I want to be finish. Bench. I want to finish. I'm saying that I'd like to, I'm making up my new phrase. It's not the Overton window. It's the Borofsky window, right? Which is okay. <laughs> just like, I like it. certain expectations of like how, how things function because that's how things function in this home, right? Like we die, and you said, I, I, I think correct. The parents have to model this. We daven in the morning. We make brachos. We bench. 
Um, Wait, let's go another one. We sit at the Shabbos table. Yes, we Sorry. sit at the Shabbos table. We sit at the Shabbat table. table. Um, we also sing Smiros because... And we sing Smiros. Yes. By the way, um, in my house, I have to tell you, this is a pet peeve of mine. I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I should stop. Okay. But I can't. But okay. I have to come back to this point. I, yes. I, I, we will. Okay. Like, in our house, we sing Smiros. And you don't have to sing Smiros, but you don't talk during Smiros. Because it's incredibly rude when people are singing, and I can't stand this. When I go to other people's houses... It's a, it's a real pet peeve of mine when we're singing Smirot and it doesn't matter who, but three people are talking on the side as if you're not ruining it for everybody else. You can't, can't keep it into yourself. Right. So if you're that. listening to this and you're a talker, <laughs> stop. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I can, I can relate to that pet peeve. It drives me crazy. I'm like, don't you realize that you're just ruining the entire experience? No, people don't. But Okay. Um, so now, now they realize. Now they will. Yeah, they've heard podcast, this. Right? Um, but, you didn't mean it. I really, I think you don't mean it. Yeah. So sit quietly and maybe even join in, even if you don't sing well. No, right. You know. So okay. So just, you know. But uh, so sing, I would say. Sing okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so what I would say is, um, if I lost my train of thought. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> I, 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 I'm probably less oh, in our authoritarian, in yes, I'm, I, I tend to lead, like, I, I, I feel like if you create norms, then there's room to, um, have exceptions to the norms, right? So that if you've, um, got a child who's falling asleep at your Shabbos table and they say, I'm uh, can I not bench? You don't have to say, no, you must bench my six-year-old. You can say something like, I don't know, um, no, it's really, it's the right thing to do to bench. Maybe you can say the first paragraph, but then how old obviously the child is. I'm talking about a very young child. Or, it's okay, Hamuda, fall asleep and you carry them upstairs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, 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 I can make rooms for exceptions as and again, please don't send in mail about how can you not let your child bench? Let's let's they got a four year old, okay? So nobody gets mad at me that I, I don't know what I would do in that specific situation. I don't know. I didn't think six o'clock six was so bad either. But I'm just saying. I, be, I, I think I, that there's room for exceptions and understanding um, if there's clearly a a baseline of givens. And I think that that's true not just about rules, but it's also true. And I think this is a, this is a point that I really wanted to make. I think it's also true about like how you approach ideas in Judaism, right? Like if you create an environment where everything is always, well, let me say the positive first. If you create an Wait, wait, before you get to that, now say, keep your thought, write it down for okay. a second. Okay, got I want it to in my head, yes. Okay, good. Um, that, to my mind, what you just described is called, is authoritarianism. That's authoritative. Authoritarian is, authoritarian is you- The enforcement, wait, no. the enforcement or advocacy of strict obedience to the authority at the expense of personal freedom. No, Meaning, but I'm saying that, that doesn't mean. Wait, no, that mean? I'm not saying. You, I'm saying you, I'm saying you, you are, dialogue. Let me finish. With your my no, turn. But I'm let me finish. You, you, mm, you have, are describing authoritarianism. You're you're describing an absolute a despotism. You must do what I say. No, did you not hear me? An authoritarian says, "Do it because I said so," but understands there are mitigating circumstances sometimes. It's not like oh, look, you know, like oh, you have to do it. You know, at the penalty of death, class for Okay, but no, but I also no. don't think you say do that's, it because I said so. You say you do it because that's what we do, but then you explain why it's important. I just so you know, in, just in so dialogue. you know, so so the author, Wendy, what's her name? The author of The Blessing of Skin Knee, Wendy Mogul, advocates yeah. parents telling, telling their children when they say, I don't want to go to sleep, they say, why do I have to? Right, because I She says, okay. Do it because I said so. so. That's and very because, nice. And but what I would say is, A, do it because you said so, because I said so, and B, that when parents... 
I firmly right. believe that when parents say that, it gives their children a sense of security Listen, and well-being. Listen, now we're moving into parenting, right? And here, what I say is when I when I teach about parenting, I always, people can't see me on the podcast, but I always make this like a like a square out of my arms. And I say, that's how you parent. You create a, a, a limited space that gives the child security. It's like you create a fence so that they can test their boundaries and see where it ends, but they know that they have a parent to catch them at the end. And that's the because I said so or no, or because, you know, we have rules. And that's actually very important. Or we go to shul wait, or we bench. Wait, wait, And then there's room in the middle. There's, because again, I made I made a, like an arm with my, like a space with my arms where there's also space inside the, the square. There's also room for the child to explore. There's room for dialogue. And again, there's room for mutual problem solving when a child, um, let's say, doesn't want or, or can't do. And the question then becomes, Ruby, and again, I, I don't think we would disagree so much um, on principle, we might we might disagree on on practice in, in specific cases, but like depending on the age of the kid, I would be more comfortable saying, "Wait, why don't you want to go to show this week?" Well, because Ima, um, I you know like I I I'm really tired and I haven't seen my friends, and you know, and, t- and the only night we have because we don't have Monday Shabbat, we don't have Sunday, is Friday night, and so I'm exhausted. And they'll dive in. I, I think we would I think we would I, probably agree. We probably agree. And I think you would also agree that if your 14-year-old son said that, you'd be like, uh, I don't think. Okay, but by the time, you know I, I also believe that the time I said By that age, also, right. As they get I older, then you much have little, to Which is why I believe that if you parent them, hopefully, please God, um, with an approach that that has a lot of communication and dialogue and, and um, the child feels uh, that the parent really cares and is really invested and really respects them usually by by the time they're 14 there's there's enough of a healthy communication there that that you know the path is reasonable which again okay i would like to go back for a second all kinds of other complications that may yeah we're going back i want to say that i i totally understand if you send me your 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 emails Uh, i do get like you know when kids are teenagers the idea of forcing them kind of backfires and you have to sort of change tactics, of course. I get all that from personal experience, we'll say, but also rabbinic experience. And obviously, it's not an Olympia. But I want to go back to this Miro. Because Miro, I think, are just a classic Oh, wait, wait. Can I say what I was going to say? That you no, no, me no. That you I can't. Can it's my turn. What? What? Yeah. You go ahead. It could be that it'll tie into yours, Miro. But um, I'll say it. Okay. I, I think that the same way we have a baseline, this is how we do things. And then you explain why, Right. But like given, we dive in, we make brachos, we bench, we, we if, 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 if going to shul is in there, we go to shul, um, whatever it is, what else? I think the same thing has to be true of halach, of, of, let me make it broader, of our approach to Torah and Torah values and Torah ideals and, and, and Torah philosophy. Um, because I think that um, if, and I do think this is a problem, not actually a problem is too strong. An issue say it. in the modern world. Go ahead, where say We're it. No, so um, open and broad, especially in the modern Orthodox community. And um, it's so interesting and cool and fascinating to, to question things and to, to, to see things from a different perspective. Sometimes we forget that all, all that questioning is very good after a person has a foundational, unequivocal love of and appreciation for Torah. And mitzvot, um, which is why I happen to think, my husband and I always say this, like the Haredi, Gananot, and first grade, the second grade teachers, they've got it right. Because it's all about, we love Hashem. 
We love Hashem. We love the Torah. We love the mitzvot. We love Avram. We love Yitzchak. We love Yaakov. We love our sitter, right? And and that's really important. And and I think that if you don't do that, and the and the siach around your Shabbos table is only um, kind of hypercritical or like let's unpack why Judaism is you know where it where it needs to be improved not relevant today no longer relevant or not not good for women and and not 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 good for 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 these minorities those conversations have to happen but they have to happen after there's an obvious given right the we can't call it overton so we'll call it the brofsky the given of (laughs) obvious obvious to me do not do that Obvious to me that like the Torah is over overarchingly a repository of positive ethical values. The is less important to me even than the Like if I need to find the place where I'm going to like truth and beauty and goodness and ethics and morality, it's going to be in the Torah. Does that mean I can't have questions in the Torah? Yes, and we'll have complex questions. We'll have complex conversations about those. Um, and is there room for, you know, conversations about all kinds of modern issues? Absolutely. And let's have those conversations. But let's, like somebody was once talking about mental development, they compared it to like an iPod. There's like the, um, the like, what's it called? The like, um, the system, the operating system. And then there's the music that you put on it. And they said like a child until seven years old, they're laying down the tracks of the operating system. After that, you're just putting music on the iPhone, Right. So I feel like the operating system that has to be laid down in the home is 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 this affective, emotional, spiritual, intellectual buy-in to Torah and mitzvot as something that we love and value and is good. Um, and then you can play songs like let's play a song about women and let's play a song about um, you know social justice. And let's play a song about how we deal with homosexuality. Let's talk about those things. But the operating system is already laid. Um, and the, again, the final point is, the, if the home is a place where the child fundamentally feels unconditionally loved and accepted, um, and and cared for and seen, and and like a, a place that feels, um, you know, you know, like that that parents are like slippers, comfortable in the house, fadicha outside of the house, embarrassing outside the house. If the, if the home <laughs> the slippers, right, or like that robe, or like that you know warm place by the fire. That's another really important component that's going to be helpful. Okay, I just want to—I want to go back to my zmirot. I put it on the side. I kept it in mind, but just it really ties very much into what you were saying. I Meaning, yes, in our family, it's well known that 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 we sing zmirot, and the kids know that, and we all sing together, and everybody is sort of expected to participate or be quiet. But it sounds like so like dreadful, but from what they tell me, like right. they love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We and they wait for it, and mm-hmm. they would much—you know—they they are often sad when they have to be outside the house somebody mm-hmm. else's house and it's Shabbat at home because we sing harmonies. I mean, we're, thank mm-hmm. God, a very musical family. And we so I'll say we are a very and, non-musical and, family and my kids have the exact same experience. Sometimes I feel like we should, I wish we could tape ourselves because we sound so terrible, oh. but everybody's so happy, you know? So Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, like, obviously, I think that those two ironically go together. They do. That there's a, you know, you have to hold on to it. But Derecher Derechei Noam, holding yes. on to it, is there, there's, a, there's a beauty in that. And Absolutely. I think that that's, that, that was, that's really I, lost. I didn't mean to minimize, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, I just want to make clear what I meant. I didn't mean to minimize the Derecher Derechei Noam. I just meant that 
I, I, I'm not, I don't mean that phrase as, as long as I understand the mitzvah, says Darkei Noam, then I buy into the Torah. I'm saying, mm-hmm. objectively, Darkei Noam. That's an objective. Yeah, no, 100%. That 100%. I do, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm but I, I, that I just, I'll come back to my original point, which is the beauty is only found in the, in the, in, in, in this is what we do. Because if you choose to do it, then I don't choose to do it, and then who wants to do it? And then before you know it, you're at, you're at, you know, this article about Khalim al or whatever, and they, where she's wondering, you know, only religious people, really, really orthodox family sings mirrors in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like, why should we stop to, to the fun just to sing Dror Yikra? Dror Yikra is like the best song yeah. in our whole, whole family. Like, yeah. she never heard, well, she doesn't ever heard of the Beach Boys. That's she right. She doesn't sing to Sloop John B. Mm-hmm. You know, with like 82 harmonies. Like, honestly, what would, right. what's a better song? Dror Yikra. Like, we, we wait all week I for I totally agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But I also want to say that, like, again, the tone in the family dynamics really matter. Wait, can I, can I just finish one second about this? Yeah, zero? sorry. Go ahead. I think in many, many families, A, there are people that think they're tone deaf, like you said, or they didn't grow up on Samirot and therefore they never had it. And I, I think that there is a certain, and, and that's how it became sort of not a, not a, like a light thing. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't sing Samirot, I think there's very much like there are, there are few things that are more important than Learning how to sing Zemirot and and practicing the singing of Zemirot every single Shabbat. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's just a as a symbol. It's a thing that has like you know. I will say uh, somebody on Facebook and he, I should not go unnamed. His name is Gil Student, who said who wrote you know you don't need to sing Zemirot to have a religious home and Zemirot alone don't create a religious home. I he wrote that on Facebook. It could be a part, but only a small part. I don't think it's a small part. I think that it it speaks about much larger things and much larger issues that of course you don't have to have it but if i were saying you want to work work on your religiosity there's a lot of things a parent can do and learning how to sing to be wrote and enjoying it and doing it out of love there's plenty of you know you can listen to the internet just listen over and over again and and, and practice it and do it and that that's the thing that brings that brings experiential joy to families and children who experience it together. And I think you can't minimize the importance of Samira. So, That's my personal opinion. I, I totally hear that. I think, you know, I think it's also you speaking as a musical person. Um, but I, 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 you know, so I don't know if I'd say it as... But you said you're not. You said you guys are not. Right, and so I'm saying, it, so. of course. But so, that's why I'm agreeing with you. But I, 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 you know, I don't know if I would, you know, die in the hill of Samira particularly. But um, <laughs> I, I would, I definitely agree with you um, personally but I would I would broaden it and say perhaps that like creating family rituals um, that feel um, you know like warm and together and fun and enjoyable that, in a religious context in a religious context yes yeah. so like and and I agree with you also like we do a seder lal tubishvat every single year and then my kids oh. fetch and I don't want to and I'm the you know I'm the big nerd who's like you know, downloading Seder Lal Tubishvat from the internet and reading things. But then the year that we don't do it, my kids are like, Ima, what about the Seder Lal Tubishvat? Right? And I think that you're right in that. I went, I went sort of um, Jean Kerr, who wrote, is an old, old writer. She wrote how she, she did this with music also. She insisted that her children listen to classical music. And they would fetch and they would complain. And then when they, you know, as they got older, they would be like, where's our evening of classical music, mom? You know, so like it's that same thing where like I agree with you that like you you, you create a space that 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 fosters that and you hold it even when the kids are not necessarily so thrilled. Although, again, I would make room for 
you know, give and take there. Square, square, got it. For the square, exactly. Um, and and the kids eventually. Um, they don't have, they don't have to love it, but they come to appreciate your no, love. No, but of hopefully it. You they will love it. Hopefully they will love it. The you truth must is that that it has to come from okay. love from you. Correct. If you don't love it, if but you're I doing this, more, you have to do. Do it. things that your kids love, like like some of this movie we sing. I hate. This is a shout out. Oh, absolutely. And I hate Baruch Kalelion. I hate it. But I sing <laughs> Shabbos morning because Yehuda wants to sing Baruch Um And there are some spirit that I didn't used to like. And now that I've, you know, they've grown on me. So like, you know, like it's not just about the ritual. It's about doing the ritual in a way that transmits the values you want to transmit to your kids about acceptance and love and, um, and, and space for everybody in the family uh, again, like I'm thinking of like play, and again, that doesn't work for every family, but if you play board games with your kids on Shabbat afternoon, and again, I'm not. I hate board games. No, don't make it their board so games. I'll be like, I, I don't get games. My kids know, like I'll it. play game X, Y, Z will not get me near Settlers of Catan. I'm done. I did that like 15 years ago. No more. You know what I'm saying? Like, have, your, forget have you tried it. the train one? There's a train yeah, one. Yeah, I, I bought it, but I haven't, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> the point is that like, and again, it doesn't have to be board games. Every family in their own thing, but like. You yeah, but the board games there. take it. The board games take it in a totally different direction. We're talking about religiosity and right. appreciating religiosity. Okay, but so board games are a, fun. Yes, but That's it's a not side what point. We're talking a about. family that that plays board games together um, will is also a family that will will uh, probably have a more lively, engaged cohesion around religious issues as well. A family whose mother goes to shul, their chances are the daughters will go to shul. If the mother doesn't go to shul, then there's no expectation that the daughters will as well. That's also true. That is true. All right, I think we should Decide stop it at this. We were are. we were gonna have you have you want to you want you want to add one more thing? No, no, no. I, I just would say like I I I think every I guess yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I do. I want to say that like you know I think every family has to decide what their priorities are. They don't. You don't want to sing Zmiros, don't sing Zmiros. You want to play board games, don't play board games. You don't want to mom go to shul, don't go to shul. Um, but think about what you do want to do. That, that That's kind of the way I approach this. Like, what okay. do you do? I would say also, I would, I would just try, I would agree with that and sort of highlight it and say that if you really want to be like, you know, progressive religious, perfect progressive religious Jews, then you should do that. You should do it from thought. Meaning, like we t- I talked at the beginning about what the percentages are, how many are, are doing it intentionally, and how many are sort of doing it out of apathy. And I think the, the problem comes, of course, from the apathy, from it just kind of came out that way. You know what I'm saying? If that's what you're doing, because you as parents have decided this is how we want, you know, we believe theologically, then I think that your children will have that with love. But it comes, but if it comes out of a certain sense of, oh, you know, only the really religious do that, or we don't really want to do that anymore. That that apathy is going to come out loud and clear, and I think that that's a very very that's a thing that should cause concern. That's a dangerous thing, if uh, having you know, if you don't want your kids to sort of inherit that. Okay, there's a lot more to be said, obviously, and I guess in, next week we're supposed to have a second topic, but we went way way long on this topic. Next week we're going to read. I want to begin with, and I'm, we're glad I'm glad Johnny. Hopefully we'll be back with us, because there was an there was a letter that was sent. Into McClory shown last week, responding oh, to this article two weeks ago about about the connection to uh, the, the relationship between this issue or her article and the educational system. How do teachers relate to this issue and the dissonance between uh, what happens at home and what happens in school? And this is a multi, an international issue, and I'm sure Johnny will have a lot to say about this. I'm sure Molly will as well. Uh, it sounds like next week we also will have mailbag. 
thing. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm gonna get myself a bell. Molly, just get a bell, okay? I have a mailbag next week, and there might even be a third topic as well. My name is Ray Spalter. I'm here with Molly Brodsky. I want to thank my son, Dr. Spalter, for writing and performing the music. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks very much, Molly.